don't you love the moments when God opens your eyes and, and you see the concentric circles, the full circle nature of life and relationships that we're blessed with? Everything seems to come back around full circle. It's like this, uh, this mirror of the biblical narrative that starts in Genesis in a garden where God walks with us. And then in, in the difficult and beautiful wandering that connects the, the, the two bookends, by the time we get to the book of Revelation, what do we see? But God bringing us back to the garden again, having been walking with us all the way, but the promises that in the end, we end up getting to walk in the garden again together. In so many ways, that's what the 125th anniversary celebration felt like. For me at Tabernacle all those years ago, one of my favorite photographs is that photograph we took on the front stairs of uh, the portico on Grove Avenue, you know, right there in front of the sanctuary. So many people came back home that day that had been raised at Tabernacle and moved away or people that had served on staff and came back home just to offer gratitude to God for the gift of the role the church had played in their lives. And then in such a unique way that could have only happened on that particular day, there was a real sense of full circle to all of it. As I look at the photographs and I see not just the big circle of coming back home, but the concentric circles moving closer and closer, getting more and more intimate. One of the things that I was uniquely aware of that day is, is the beauty that was me getting to be with uh, Brenda and John and Don, three individuals that I had served on staff with at a different church in my seminary years. These are three people that had really nurtured and modeled for me what ministry looks like in ways to this day still have a profound effect on my understanding of what it means to be the real deal. On that particular day at Tabernacle, on our 125th anniversary, those three people came back home again. All three of them had served at Tabernacle at one time. How funny is that? As a seminary student, I served on staff with three people that had all been on staff of another church called Tabernacle Baptist Church. And years later, I would end up being the pastor of that church. It's like they had raised me up to serve in the moment at hand. And then they were also simultaneously being used by God to prepare me to come back to a church that they also called home. Anyway, I've been thinking a lot about those three. Today, I want to focus specifically in on one of them, though. His name is Don Stewart. Don actually uh, showed up to Tabernacle Baptist Church right on the heels of Bill Berry leaving as the, the effectively the associate pastor uh, back in 1969. And, you know, that's not an easy thing to do. To fill the shoes of Bill Berry is an impossible task, and nobody needs to try to fill shoes, right? But I could just imagine the pressure. Don had grown up um, in, in kind of small-town Georgia, and had been trained at Mercer University and then also went on to seminary at Southeastern. And he had held pastorates at small little churches uh, in uh, throughout the South, in Georgia and North Carolina and Virginia. Um, when he was called to Tabernacle, much like those that came before him, they, he had been at lots of small little churches and even served in other um, church offices uh, 
you know, through the years, but nothing, you know, on the magnitude of this gargantuan church that at this point was kind of beginning to decline numerically. Don came at a, at a pretty rough time, actually, where you see the the arc of numerical growth not only having shifted, but now gaining momentum in the downward direction. Don was called to come and, and become the, the Minister of Education at Tabernacle uh, on April Fool's Day of 1969. I'll never forget, as a seminary student, one day uh, having eaten lunch in our small little kitchen area there in the office where the copy machine resided, there was this old... Um, 50s style table, kitchen table in the middle of the copy machine room. And we would eat our lunches there. And, you know, I, I don't know what I was thinking, but so often I would eat my, my meal and then I would just put the dishes in the sink and leave them. They are, no manners, no manners at all. And I'll never forget one day leaving dishes in the sink and going to my office and then coming to make a photocopy and seeing the pastor of the church, Don Stewart, who at this point, you know, was in the twilight of his career. He was definitely rounding the corner toward retirement. Don had taken his blazer off, had rolled his sleeves up and was washing my dishes. And I think I would have never known he was the one that did it if I hadn't actually walked in the space. I can remember feeling so incredibly embarrassed. And yet, there he was quietly doing something that nobody else would have ever known he was doing, just as an act of grace and kindness. That's just who he was. And he didn't do it to teach me a lesson. He didn't do it because he, he knew that if he didn't, that the anger in his heart would grow so much through annoyance that he couldn't take it. He just did it because he couldn't help but to, because that's who he was through and through, just a gentle servant of Christ. I spent a lot of time with Don Stewart talking to him, even though I didn't have any intention of being a senior pastor anywhere at that time. I thought I'd be a youth minister forever. Don used to tell me stories about what it was like when he was beginning ministry. And, and he told me about his experience, his brief experience at Tabernacle. And whereas I kind of expected to hear a warm, fuzzy story, I, I didn't. When Don would talk about it, he would talk about it with so much grace, but there's there was a fire in his belly when he would talk about it because in so many ways, the experience that he had in his time at Tabernacle was radically different than the experience he was providing me in my formative years in this sister congregation that we were serving in together. Don said that even though he had been a pastor of these small little churches and, and been doing this a while, when he arrived at Tabernacle, there was a lot of anxiety in the place. And whereas he was loved well and developed deep relationships with people, there was anxiety in the system would be language we'd use today. And that was also true of the senior pastor. The senior pastor of the, of the church at the time is an individual that I, that I won't spend a lot of time talking about today, but he was somebody that I don't envy. Like I can't imagine being pastor of the church at a time when the, you know, this gargantuan congregation was just rapidly declining and trying to figure out what do we do with this? Everything's changing. And um, in my estimation, in looking back now from a historical perspective, that pastor made a lot of mistakes. It's easy for me to say that I, I've never walked in his shoes, but one of, the, one of the biggest mistakes that I think that pastor made was missing the opportunity to offer grace and kindness 
to a young associate that came taking a leap of faith on April Fool's Day of 69 to serve a church at a time that she really needed good care. Don told me a story once about having made a hospital visit because that's just what Don did. He, he visited everybody every time that he could. And he arrived at the hospital and he inevitably did what Don would always do. He would just walk in the room and exude kindness. And it was obvious Christ was present when he walked in the room because Christ shined through him in his care. And he said after he finished the visit, he stepped out into the hallway to exit and he bumped into the pastor of the church. And the pastor, I don't even know if the pastor pulled him aside. Don said in the hallway there of the hospital, the pastor let him have it. The pastor of Tabernacle was livid that the associate, the minister of Christian education, had actually gone into a hospital room before the pastor had had the opportunity to do so. The pastor was offended that the young pastor had uh, stepped into a role he should not have played in offering care. That's what the pastor was supposed to do. Don told me that story with fire in his belly and his eyes, but not from, not from the, the standpoint of judging a man through and through, but just acknowledging that's not the way pastors are to behave or do things. I've thought a lot about that. Through the years, as I feel like there have been moments in my own ministry, like many of you, as a priesthood of all believers, there are moments that we've risen to the challenge and other moments that we wish we could erase. But I'll always remember Don Stewart sharing that story with me, not because he wanted to tear somebody down, but rather because he really just wanted to, to, to make it clear there's another way. Not very long ago, we gathered together in the old sanctuary of the congregation that I was mentored in by Don and Brenda and John and so many others. It was for the funeral of Don Stewart. He retired and went on to continue to serve as a pastor um, on the Pamunkey Reservation. And he just quietly loved people all the way to the end, through and through, because that's who he was. Would you believe that when it was uh, the time for all of us to stand and for the casket to be brought forward there in the sanctuary, that... uh, it went up the aisle with the pallbearers and instead of stopping in the center of the room where, where the communion table would often, we would expect it to be moved so that the casket could be there with the pulpit over on top of it, front and center, that the pallbearers actually just kept walking and then turned a hard right and they put his casket in the far right corner of the room where hardly anybody could see it. John had made it very clear that on the day that the church gathered to celebrate his life and now his life eternal that he did not want to be the center of attention. And so as we gather to celebrate his life with tears in our eyes and, and gratitude in our hearts, we got one last message from Don Stewart that there is another way. I am grateful for the Don Stewarts that have been brought into my own life and as I see the full nature or the full circle nature of the life that God has blessed us with coming around over and over again, it seems more and more often these days, I just can't help but to believe that maybe God is sending a message to all of us that there's another way.
that if we feel like we're at a spot that we're not our best selves or we're not the people that we know we're capable of being, we're probably right. But if we'll just keep walking, following the example of those that have modeled for us what it looks like, not to get to the finish line where everybody will look at us and focus on us and say, wow, that person was amazing and look at the great things they did, but more a line that just keeps bending back to the place that it all began. A place where we find ourselves walking with God in a garden, being reminded that we were created in the image of God and that if we'll be receptive to it, we may very well find ourselves being the very image of God in other people's lives through the grace that we offer, through the kindness that we model, and through the invitation to have some company as we all walk back home together again. Blessings, friends. Amen.